0: Welcome to Local St. Charles. This podcast is done in conjunction with the Greater St. Charles County Chamber of Commerce and focuses on local businesses, their successes, their stories, and their challenges. The Local St. Charles podcast is produced by ChangeScape Web.
1: Hello, everybody. I'm Ken Tucker with ChangeScape Web. Today, I'm excited to have a good friend of mine, Joe Pallardy from Palardy Electric. How are you doing today? I'm
0: doing well, how are you?
1: I'm doing well. little tired today. It's been a busy, crazy day. so. It has. So Joe, you're an electrical contractor and you do both residential and commercial. So just talk about some of the different things that you do.
0: Okay. We do just about anything electrically related in a residence that, that you can think of, we can help you with. We do a lot of panel changes, panel upgrades, a lot of lighting work. So if there's a space in your home that's not lit very well that you'd like to have fit your use better the lighting should fit the use of what you're using the room for a lot of that recently since people have been turning certain homes in their houses into home offices Mm. there's been a lot of work in that area due to that shift of working from home also we do data wiring video audio data
1: yeah I, i would imagine that that's probably picked up too with people reconfiguring their houses to create a home office environment as well
0: Yes, it has. We've ran several CAT 5 or 6 data lines to rooms so that because a lot of corporate environments require VPNs and stuff, and they want it to be as secure as possible. So, taking the wireless router out of the loop always helps. So, there's a lot of that going on. We do security cameras. If you want to be able to see what's going on at your house when you're not there, can help with that. A lot of what we do on the residential side.
1: Okay. You talked about panel upgrades. So why why would somebody need to upgrade their electrical panel?
0: Uh, It depends on what they're doing. Sometimes it's because they're finishing a basement. Uh, Sometimes it's because they're adding a significant load like a hot tub out back or maybe their furnace is uh, about needing to be replaced and they want to switch from a a gas furnace to an electric furnace or heat pump type situation and which requires a bigger electrical service Mm, okay Um, so those are a couple things why people usually end up upgrading their panels sometimes just because they're old and outdated so there's a couple brands out there that specifically have a lot of issues so if you happen to own one of those then uh, it's a good idea to get rid of them
1: can you tell folks what those brands are and so they can go out and check and if they have any they probably ought to call you and and make sure they're all good right
0: yeah well, the biggest offender is called federal pacific and it was really popular in the 70s to the early 80s okay a lot of building happening in st charles county and st louis county during that period of time and so there's a lot of those panels out there You'll see the FPE or the Federal Pacific, and it'll say STAB lock sometimes on it because that was kind of the the model name of their panels. Uh, Those panels, or the circuit breakers in particular, have a tendency to not trip when they should trip, Mm. which is obviously a bad situation. So anytime you have a home inspector in in your home and he sees one of those, they're going to request it to be changed. Okay. Uh, some other ones that aren't great are uh, the Zinsko style Sylvania panels. Um, have some issues with those. And if you still have any of those pushmatic panels, those are even older. Those are from the 50s and 60s, but we still see them sometimes.
1: So. Hmm. OK, now you're licensed in both St. Charles and St. Louis counties, too, right? So
0: yes, we are licensed in St. St. Charles County, St. Louis County, St. Louis City and Jefferson County.
1: All right, cool. I know you do a lot of work with lighting. And I know more so on the commercial side of things, which we'll talk about in just a minute, but I know you also do a lot uh, residentially. So are you talking like recess lights and and things like that? And obviously people might want to have a dimmer installed on certain lights and timers and things like that. Is that what you do?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Recess lights are very popular in in residences, and we also help a lot of times with exterior lighting for uh, residences as well. That usually kind of goes hand-in-hand with the security cameras, because although a lot of security cameras out there will work in darkness because they have their own infrared illumination, you don't get true color usually. For most cameras, there's a few out there now that do that, but but most cameras, when they kick into that night mode, they don't give you true color rendition. So if you're trying to give the police a description of a person, you don't know what color their clothes were. So it's better to have a well-lit area, so motion lights around the exterior of your home, motion-activated lights in conjunction with the security cameras are a a good combination.
1: So when you work with security cameras, do you provide the cameras or... Do you install cameras that people buy?
0: Most of the time we provide them as well. A few times we will install some customer provided ones. They just have to understand that we can't warranty the product if we don't supply it. So that's the only issue with it. But yeah, we've, we've installed customer supplied cameras.
1: Yeah. Okay. Do you do like any outdoor lighting like patios or pool areas and things like that as well?
0: Low-voltage landscape lighting is another popular thing, especially before the winter hit. Everybody was trapped at home, so people were making their spaces a lot nicer, spending some time and money. And backyard patios were getting landscape lighting. Also, some people call them festoon lights or party lights, like the string lights that oh, yeah. go across a space overhead. Those have become really popular. They've got those now that change colors by a remote and all that kind of stuff. So there's yeah. lots of different things we can do in a space. That's why we almost always when I give an estimate, I almost always come out to the to the house, the space and look at the space. And that way I can give them some ideas and hear what they are looking for and then give them some of my own ideas and see what they would like to do.
1: So speaking of lights changing color and things like that, uh, do you do anything with home automation?
0: Uh, we do. We don't do a lot of that work. It depends on the level. So, we've worked with a couple different home automation companies in the past, and we do a lot of their like cabling and wiring for them. Okay. And the automation company will provide the hardware and stuff. So, that's on the bigger end of things. On the smaller end of things, they have Wi Fi enabled devices now, like switches and receptacles that are very easy to kind of get started in a home so like say you don't want to spend the money to make your entire house automated you can just pick a couple switches and a couple receptacles at first and get started with a system like that and that has become a lot less expensive recently that's another thing that we can do is is help people who want to get some level of automation
1: and i know you talk a lot about led lighting is that a big thing for houses and you know yeah LED lighting
0: has really just taken over the marketplace pretty much. First coming on the scene, I'd say about maybe 10 years ago or so, and there was only a couple styles and they were very expensive, but they have just continued to get better every year. They get more lumens out of every watt that they use. So the, the lumen per watt efficacy is what they call it. It just keeps going up. So that means they're getting constantly more efficient. It's pretty much to the point now where I, I can't remember the last time we installed a light that wasn't LED.
1: Well, and also the color of the light was a big factor too. There's a reason why the incandescent bulb was so popular because it actually does a pretty good approximation of sunlight, right? So, it gives you know, I mean, a
0: very a warm tone of light that people are very comfortable with, especially in homes. So that warm tone That's one of the things you have to pay attention to when you're buying LED bulbs and or lights. You have to look at what they call the color temperature of the light. And that is a number on a scale of degrees Kelvin. 2700 is the warm tone that looks a lot like an incandescent. And then as you climb that scale upwards, going from 2700 to 3000, that's a little more white. 4000 degrees Kelvin is a neutral white is what they consider. And that's what we use often a lot in commercial environments like office settings. We use a a neutral white, like 4,000-degree Kelvin. And then as you climb up the scale further to about 5,000 or 5,500 degrees Kelvin, it starts to get more of a blue tone to it. But that is actually closer to real sunlight. Real sunlight's about 5,500 or so degrees Kelvin. Mm
1: Really? Okay. Uh, Maybe it's more like candlelight then.
0: Yes, it is more like candlelight. But we've all been trained, at least most of us who are a little older and grew up with incandescent lights, we've always had that warm tone of light in our homes. Right. So it's still preferred by most people, especially in their residences. So we still recommend like a 3,000-degree Kelvin color temperature in most homes and then up the scale. Really, the only people who usually requests like 5,000 or higher are like jewelers when they want the light to shine on their product and look the most like sunlight and stuff. So there are certain reasons we can use different color temperatures and it depends a lot on what the customer wants.
1: So do you use different color temperatures in different rooms? Like in the kitchen, I would assume you might wanna have a a brighter color rather than a warmer color like you might wanna have in your family room or living room.
0: Most of the time, we try to keep the color temperature the same in a, in a home especially if it's an area now if one area is more isolated from another it doesn't hurt to use a different color temperature but when you have two different color temperatures of light kind of spilling into one space it's a little noticeable and and i think it doesn't look real well mm. one of the things that kind of touching on was with color temperature they've done a lot of research about color temperature of light and its effect on people and their mood Mm -hmm. And so they've actually, they've got lights now where you can change the color temperature in the light for the different times of day. Like in your bedroom, you can put in like Philips Hue is a product that has a bulb that can do many different colors of light. Oh, wow. So besides just making it like red and blue, like disco kind of stuff, it can also just change like the color temperature so that it makes you feel more awake in the morning you know, if you use the right color temperature or in the evening, if you're sitting there in bed reading, you can shift it more to the yellow side of the spectrum. I'm sure everybody's heard about the blue light and how it's not good for you before you go to sleep, but shifting to that yellow side of the spectrum takes a lot of the blue out of the light. So that's actually an area that they're kind of starting to use those uh, lights that can change color temperatures for different moods in different times of day.
1: Wow, that's pretty awesome. Uh, Before I forget, I know you're an astronomy buff, and uh, I have a minor degree in, in astronomy. So uh, we've never really had a, much of a chance to talk about that. But one of these days, we're going to have to go out and do some observing. It's been a long time since I've done anything like that. Obviously, I don't want to do it in this temperature. Although yeah. the sky conditions, if it's clear, that's the, clear you're going to get the, usually the best
0: observing was when it's really cold. But
1: yeah, absolutely. So all right, so let's talk about the commercial side of your of your business. Tell me a little bit more about what you guys do. I know I know you do a lot with lighting there. And can help people take advantage of the Ameren rebates where they can save a lot of money on their lighting bills and things like that. So just kind of talk about that.
0: Yeah. Obviously, kind of a lot of what we talked about in residential applies in commercial as well. You want, need to have the light, the, the use of the space. And also just efficiency upgrades. You mentioned the Ameren rebate program. That is a program that exists from Ameren UE that gives a rebate on your electric bill for Making lights more efficient, and a lot of people will say, like, Well, why does Ameren want to make lights more efficient? It's less money for them, but it's what they're trying to do is is stave off the need to build a new power plant because those are really expensive <laughs> and and so they're trying to delay as long as possible them building a new power plant by incentivizing people to use less electricity. So any non-residents, commercial places of business, schools, churches, manufacturing facilities, any of those kind of places will qualify. Uh, Currently, the rebate is only for interior lighting, so parking lot lights don't get a rebate right now. Hmm. Yeah, the amount of the rebate varies, so I can't tell you exactly it's going to be this percentage, but we do give free estimates on that, so we can work up what the cost will be, and we can tell you how much the rebate will be and everything, so there is yeah. a, a good size rebate.
1: Well, and with the LED lights, they last longer, too, so I mean, you probably can calculate what kind of return on investment somebody's going to get, so they, they may need to put out some, some initial money up front. You can calculate out how much money it's going to save them over the life of that light bulb.
0: Yeah, it's going to save them energy costs to operate. Yeah. It's going to save them maintenance costs for not having to replace the bulb every 2 to 3 years or whatever. Yeah. Um so yeah, there's a lot of savings there. Plus if it's laid out right, it's going to be a more pleasantly lit area most of the time. So, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of pluses to
1: it. I know you talk a lot about a particular lights And I'm drawing a blank on it, but in a warehouse, for example, how does somebody know if they have a light they probably should take a look at and and where they could get really a strong payback with the Ameren rebate program?
0: I think you're talking about like the metal halides. There you um, go. go. Those fixtures were the ones that kind of had a dome sort of, and they have a bulb on the inside that's about the size of a football almost. And they take a while to start up. So when they turn on and they kind of blink and then they're really dim for about the first minute or two and then they get gradually brighter. Those metal halides are easy money back. If we replace those fixtures with LEDs, the customer is gonna see a reduction in energy consumption, plus again, the lifespan probably have better lighting almost always when we switch over to an led fixture because besides the amount of lumens that's coming out most led fixtures control the light a lot better so the light's actually going down where it's useful whereas those metal halides had a bulb that threw out light in 360 degrees and then they put those big dome reflectors on them to try to get most of the light to go down where they wanted to and it's less of a problem now with leds because just the way they're made, they control the light a lot better.
1: Okay. Do you do any work with like dimmer switches and things like that? I think about when I taught at the St. Charles Community College, everything in there is on a dimmer where if the classroom's not being used, the lights automatically kick off to save energy. Is that something you work with at all?
0: Yeah, occupancy sensors and lighting control systems. We can do those those kind of projects as well. From as simple as a switch style occupancy sensor that goes in place of your wall switch that will you know, automatically turn the lights on when you come in a room and turn them off after a set amount of time. That's on the simpler side of things. And the more advanced side of things, they have occupancy systems that have daylight harvesting. So if it's in a room that's got a lot of windows where you get a lot of good natural light, it can actually dim the lights down during the day so that they're mm-hmm just supplementing the natural light. And then at nighttime, when the natural light's not there, they'll come up to a full brightness. So there's lots of neat things on the energy cons- conservation side of lighting. And they've been there for a while, but they've become more recently, they've become more popular and less expensive.
1: Cool, yeah, that's that's fascinating. It just seems to me, when we look at wasted energy, most of that actually, I mean, a lot of people would probably attribute that to automobiles and things like that, but we waste so much energy through our buildings. Just taking some simple steps like this can save a lot of money. And like you said, it's a win-win the way Ameren set it up for businesses because it's helping them avoid a situation that they can't really afford to get into right now. Like you said, with building a power plant and the regulatory requirements they have to go through and the time frame that it takes to get one of those approved takes forever anyway and then you're talking about ma- you know millions maybe billions of dollars yeah, build- it
0: takes decades for them yeah. to get a plan through you're talking about the regulatory process with the federal government and the EPA yeah. and all that stuff it takes yeah. a long time
1: Yeah I actually worked on a team that wrote the software system that the Department of Agriculture actually runs for putting power plants in place. So (laughs) I have a little bit of familiarity with that. So you mentioned something earlier I wanted to ask you about, and I should know this because I do come from an IT background a long, long time ago, but networking was never my thing. I was always more on the software side of things. Uh, You talk about Cat5 and Cat6. What's the difference? Is there a reason to have one over the other? Are they interchangeable?
0: They're not exactly interchangeable. Cat5 can only go up to... um they say 100 megabits per second. CAT6 is supposed to be a thousand. Now on short runs, you can make CAT5e perform pretty close to the CAT6 level. It depends a little bit on the application, but the cost of CAT6 cabling has come down quite a bit recently and you're not saving much money anymore by going with like a cat 5e cable and connectors versus a cat 6. so pretty much all of our new installs for the last year or two have pretty much been cat 6. Okay. the only times we usually use cat 5 anymore is when we know it's dedicated phones only versus data okay so we still use that
1: That makes me think there are a lot of offices out there as well as home offices that have been wired. And there's still a good reason to have a wired connection to your computer, especially for business purposes. A lot of people are probably trying to adapt to situations when they've created a home office. So... Are you saying, if I understood correctly, if you've upgraded your internet service, because a lot of people have during this time frame, because people are working from home, their kids going to school, having to log on and live stream stuff. And so a lot of people have upgraded their internet service. Does that mean that Cat5 could actually be capping your performance?
0: The chances of that are are relatively minor. Uh, Usually the choke point is not the cabling. The choke point's usually like the router. Okay. that you have in your home, but the they keep getting better and better. But for most, the average home, your choke point is, is your router, especially if you're connecting wirelessly to your router. So you will always be able to get faster with a, a wired connection, at least for now. Maybe that changes in the future. But um, yeah. for right now, if you have a, a spot, whether it's a TV that you want to stream 4K content to, or whether it's a computer, like a desktop computer that you just have lots of information traveling back and forth on. Like you use a lot of CAD programs to a a server, something like that. The fastest way to do it is still a hardwired connection. And it's a little more secure as well.
1: Hmm. So it's probably something that people might want to reach out and talk to you about and just uh, have them evaluate your situation because cables go bad as well. What kind of time frame would you recommend somebody, if they haven't had their, their building wired in 10 years, should they have somebody come in and check it or five years or something like that?
0: For the most part, unless it's been like messed with physically damaged or you know, most of the time, the cabling, if it was working good when it was installed, it's probably still going to be there. But so like 10 years ago, Cat5 was a standard and 5E was just kind of coming out. And now, you know, there's cat six. So it depends, I guess, a lot on how you're using the network and stuff. If your bandwidth needs are are growing quickly, then it might be the situation where you could have benefit from that. We're not networking experts either, just as a a quick disclaimer, but we do a lot of work with companies who are networking experts and they have us pull the cables for them and stuff like that. Mm So you learn some just by working with them a lot. But um, for the most part, I would say probably existing cabling is not going to go bad. It's just that you're probably going to outgrow its bandwidth, potentially, if you're a kind of company that uses a lot of bandwidth. Up.
1: We had uh, Bill Brink from Classic Signs on back earlier in uh, January, I believe. And he mentioned to me, and something I didn't know that you did, he does a lot of outdoor lighting, I guess, for uh, you know parking lot lighting and things like that. And he said that you actually do a lot of that work for him or with him. So I never really know that about you.
0: We have a pretty good working relationship with Bill. Um, I've known him for quite a number of years. And when there's the more of a maintenance kind of situation with some parking lot lights, cause he's got the boom trucks and the equipment. So when it's more of a maintenance situation, a, com- a company wants us to come replace some bulbs or something like that. I'll just refer that work right to Bill with Bill Brink Classic Signs. Okay, um, Cause they, they handle it very well on bigger projects when somebody wants us to replace the light heads and stuff like that or need to run some wiring to sign some maybe some new light locations we definitely help them with those kind of situations so yeah we have a pretty good relationship with bill and classic signs
1: yeah okay cool so what about um, who's also a chamber member by the way what else do you guys do in the in the realm of commercial electrical
0: a lot of tenant finishes, so when a company moves into a new space and they need to have it changed around a little bit to suit their needs, we do that. We finished up a plaza called Colonnade Plaza on Manchester. It's just about a less than a mile east of 270 on Manchester Road, and there was a complete exterior renovation of the plaza. And so we did all new lighting under the um, soffits, new parking lot pole lights. We even upgraded their service because it was an older style service in the uh, city of Creve Corps was making them upgrade. That new service to the entire building it was like 1600 amps. Hmm. lots of different stuff on the commercial side again with the cameras a lot of business owners want to be able to keep tabs on their business when they're not there
1: yeah
0: Um, also some access control too if you want to be able to give your employees little keychain fobs that allow them into the building and you can control when they can get into the building and then if an employee quits and doesn't give you the key back you're out like a three dollar fob instead of having to call a locksmith out and change locks and stuff like that so access control system are pretty good answers for commercial businesses that have changing needs of of who can access a building when and that kind of thing,
1: so. Yeah, we were talking earlier, I've been in the chamber since 2008, and I think you said you've been in the chamber roughly most of the time since 2008 as well. How's your experience been with the Greater St. Charles County Chamber?
0: It's great. It's a great group of people, very active, Lots of things going on. I don't know if you you were able to make it out to that astronomy night that they had. I was.
1: I know. I I didn't make I it. Didn't,
0: I wasn't able to make that either. Unfortunately, I was I was busy that evening, but I I really wanted to. So just lots of fun things like that going on. I would recommend it to anybody.
1: Yeah, me too. I've always liked the way this chamber thinks about new and innovative ideas for businesses and some cool new programs and things like that. And um, great staff, obviously too. So. Yep. So what else do we need to know about your business? Let me put up uh, your contact information. People can find you at uh, Palardy, Pal, I can't say that today, pallardyelectric.com <laughs> and the phone number, and I'm horrible at reading phone numbers. So I guarantee I'll butcher this too. So I'm going to read it really slow. 636-202-1794. So fortunately that's a pretty easy number for me to read.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you know, I was born and raised in St. Charles went to school here went to rankin and then once i got out in the field a little bit took my licensing exam and started the business first uh, evenings and weekends in 2000 and then uh, in 2007 took it full time and been growing ever since
1: awesome cool well thanks so much joe i enjoyed talking with you it's good to catch up yeah. with you well
0: thank you oh. I appreciate you having me on
1: no problem thanks so much have a great day you too bye goodbye we want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen to
0: today's podcast. Please be sure and subscribe to the Local St. Charles podcast in your podcast software. We'd love for you to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And please don't forget to visit localstcharles.com for more episodes, information on local businesses, free resources, and a link to set up a free consultation
1: with the host of this podcast. Thanks again and stay tuned.